In 2009, a woman in Boynton Beach, Florida, is working out in the gym when she receives a phone call. This was the police calling her to tell her to come home immediately. When she rushes home, she sees police and cameras everywhere. She is then informed her husband has been killed. The cameras roll as she screams and cries. This is just the beginning. What she doesn't know is that police already have all the evidence they need and she is in for the shock of her life. Let's talk true crime. Hello and welcome to Hell No, a true crime podcast with your host, Lauren Lucio. Today we are going to be looking at a jaw-dropping case some of you may already be familiar with as it flooded the media for many different reasons. Mostly because it is so unbelievable, it should be a fiction crime novel. This is a case I have had on my list for a while and today we are finally going to talk about it. It all started in 2008 when 37-year-old Michael DiPolito was home alone without his wife. He was feeling lonely, so he decided to call an escort service, a call he probably wishes he never made. The woman who arrived was 25-year-old Dahlia Muhammad. Her warm, beautiful smile, big bright eyes, and petite figure captured Mike immediately, and her soft-spoken ways stole his heart. I'm not sure if Mike and his wife were already planning a divorce or if they were already separated or if she thought that they had a happy marriage, but Things moved very quickly after Mike met Dahlia. Mike divorces his wife, which leads me to believe perhaps they were already going through a separation or the divorce was was already in the works. Because even before that divorce is finalized, he marries Dahlia on February 2nd, 2009. Dahlia is now Dahlia DiPolito. And Mike and Dahlia's newlywed days are filled with as Mike would say, amazing sex, Starbucks, and the gym. They both like to work out, and this was pretty obvious looking at Mike's muscles. Mike was also focused on staying out of trouble as he is a recovering addict and an ex-con who was serving 28 years on probation after a two-year prison sentence he had already served. Mike landed himself in hot water after being caught committing stock fraud years earlier, but he was now determined to stay clean and stay on track with his recovery and rebuilding his life. He owed $191,000 in restitution for the crimes he committed, and Dahlia pitches him the idea of helping him pay it off so that he can get off parole much earlier. Maybe they wanted to travel, maybe they wanted to go out and do things, and with Mike being on parole, he had monthly visits he had to go to. It was like the law, it was court-ordered, he had to see his parole officer once a month but if he got off parole he would be essentially free and clear mike had a hundred thousand dollars and dahlia had ninety one thousand dollars so they combined their funds to pay off this restitution that mike owed dahlia for some reason had convinced mike that she would handle the transaction and get the money to mike's lawyer but 
let's just put a pin in that for a second. Okay. We're going to more than a second. We'll talk about this later. Another thing that happened just after they married was Mike bought a house. And when I say he bought a house, I mean, he, he bought it. No debt, no, no loan. So I guess his new job in internet marketing was treating him well. Dahlia, again, somehow convinces Mike to transfer the home into her name. How she did that, I'm not sure. I did hear a few things, but she did this. Mike trusted her. The home was in her name. Maybe it had something to do with his legal problems and she convinced him the home would be safe in her name, even if something happened to him and he got in trouble again. I'm not sure, but the home that Mike buys free and clear is now in Dahlia's name. Now, we're going to talk about that money for a second. Now, that money that Mike gave Dahlia, that never makes it to his lawyer. It just disappears. Then the craziest things start happening to Mike, and he isn't sure if Dahlia has something to do with it, or maybe somebody he burned during the stock fraud ordeal has something to do with it. I mean, he did take quite a bit of money from a few people during that time, which of course can lead to bad relations. Just over one month after saying their I do's, somebody called police multiple times and anonymously tipped them off, claiming he was selling drugs and would most likely have drugs on him, in his home, or in his vehicle. The first time on March 12th, police and his parole officer went to his home one night because of this tip-off. They were there to search his home for illegal steroids he was supposedly selling, but nothing was found during the search. Then on a different occasion, just after the home search, uh, Mike and Dahlia were leaving a hotel they stayed at for a beach getaway, uh, which was Dahlia's idea. As they are about to leave, the police show up uh, and they asked to search his car. Again, nothing was found by the officer and Mike drove away with an increased heart rate, I'm sure. Soon after this, uh, possibly the next day or that night, he's fueling up his vehicle when he notices something that's not his in his car. When he investigates further, he finds someone had planted drugs in his car. And it was just by luck that the cop searching didn't find it. So I don't know where he found it, but he found it and it was uh, a baggie and it had some various drugs in it. It seemed to be a mixed bag, cocaine and pills. So he finds this. Something in Mike's mind made him suspect Dahlia. So he straight up asks her if, if she was the one who put drugs in his car. This is something I like about Mike. He seems like a no bullshit kind of guy, but also with a heart of gold. Yeah, he had his run-in with the law, but he served his time. And I genuinely believe he's a good person that did a bad thing. There are bad people who do bad things, and then there are good people who do bad things. And I think Mike's the latter. He is also very serious about his sobriety. He attends weekly AA meetings. He keeps a strict routine. So to find drugs planted in his car... It, it's just terrible and, and disgusting for someone to do that. It's somebody who, who wants Mike back in prison for a very long time. Dahlia told Mike that she didn't plant any drugs in his car, and he says, okay, and he moves on with his day. 
He doesn't seem like the kind of guy who wants anything to do with psychological mind games or lying. He just, he's straight to the point. He takes her word for it. He has a little bit of suspicion still in the back of his mind and he, he just moves on. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't really seem to, to dwell on this too much, but it happens again on March 29th, the third time in one month. He and Dahlia, they have a date night. And on their way back from this date night, uh, police stop him again. They approach him. They approach his vehicle because they had another anonymous call saying he had drugs on him. Police search Mike's car again. And under the spare tire this time in a cigarette pack, they find a small bag of cocaine. This was news to Mike as he doesn't use any drugs. He pleads his innocence. He tells police that he's been set up and the police They actually believe him that it isn't his. When I heard that, I thought, wow, that literally hardly ever happens that police find drugs on someone and the person says, whoa, that's not mine. And police actually say, okay, I believe you. When have you ever heard of that happening? I think this is the first time I've heard. I'm sure it happens, but this is the first time I've, I've heard it happen. I think police knew someone was trying to get him in trouble while on probation due to all the weird calls because police say something along the lines of this isn't making sense or or something isn't right about this situation. So they knew something was up, but they didn't know entirely what that was yet. With all this happening, Mike has become increasingly paranoid. He didn't know who was out to set him up, but after, after this That was it for the drug setup situation. Whoever was trying this realized it wasn't going to work and, and it stopped. One day, Dahlia brings Mike a iced tea from Starbucks. Mike loves Starbucks. He loves Starbucks. So he was thrilled with the small gesture of love from his wife. He takes one sip of it and realizes it tastes awful and he spits it out. After this, he becomes ill and he's down and out for a couple days. This this made him sick. But eventually he feels better and thinks that he just had the flu or something. He wasn't he wasn't quite sure. But again, we're going to put a pin in that for now. Now I'm going to jump to the morning of August 5th, 2009. Dahlia and Mike had known each other for less than a year and had been married for 6 months by by this morning, by this day. Mike usually goes to the gym with his wife, but on this morning he couldn't as he was healing from liposuction. Dahlia gets up and she heads off to the gym alone. At 6.20 a.m. she notices she had a missed call and she rings the number back. When the person on the other end answers, they ask if they have Dahlia Dipolata on the phone and she corrects them saying Dipolito. And yes, this was her. The man informs her that he is a police officer and she needs to get home immediately. Dahlia asks what's wrong and the officer says he will explain everything to her when she arrives. So Dahlia rushes home to find chaos outside her and Mike's home. The television show Cops are there filming. There are many police officers and vehicles there. When she approaches an officer, uh, he informs her that they were called in over a, a noise disturbance. And when they arrived, they found that Mike had been killed. The officer doesn't even get out his entire sentence. He, he hasn't even said the word killed yet. And Dahlia breaks into hysterics. 
She is screaming and crying and and can't even seem to really form words. Then the police officer comforts her and and says, you know, if you want to help catch who did this, you need to go with the police station and you need to tell them everything. At the police station, Dahlia is told Mike was shot twice and found dead in their bedroom. And they want to know if she knows anyone who might have wanted him dead. She doesn't hesitate to inform police that Mike has enemies from his stock fraud days and that he was also a recovering addict. She seems to be giving police a lot of leads, even naming someone named Pasquale. Police point blank ask her, you wouldn't want to kill him, I hope. And she denies that. According to Dahlia, her and Mike had a wonderful relationship and they loved each other so much. You know, they did have little little arguments here and there, but nothing major. She claimed they had no problems, none. Not financial, not sexual, not anything. What happens next kicks off everything. The police bring in a man in handcuffs and they stand him right in front of Dahlia. They ask her, Do you know this guy? Have you ever seen him? And Dahlia claims she has never met him or seen him ever in her life. The cop looks at the guy in handcuffs and asks him right in front of Dahlia, what were you doing coming out of her house? The man doesn't say anything, so police take him out of the room. That's a weird encounter, isn't it? Almost like police are saying, hey, this is the man we highly suspect of killing your husband. But what police also know is that Dahlia is lying. She does know this man. There is also something Dahlia doesn't know. Well, there's actually more than one thing she doesn't know. Firstly, she's going to jail. Second, that man she claims she didn't know is an undercover cop. And thirdly, well, just wait on that one. All of this is dropped on Dahlia like a ton of bricks. You might be wondering, but Why would any of this mean Dahlia is going to jail? What's the relevance of this undercover cop in handcuffs? Well, up until this point, Dahlia was convinced she had successfully hired a hitman to murder her husband, Mike. But the hitman she hired was actually an undercover cop, the one she just claimed she didn't know. When the officer tells Dahlia that she is going to jail for soliciting murder, she is calm and she says, I didn't do anything. Police inform her they have a lot of video footage of her and that undercover cop when she hired and paid him to murder Mike. What's weird about this to me is that she doesn't even say, oh my god, like does this mean Mike's alive? No, she just keeps saying she didn't do anything repeatedly, getting more and more upset and starts to cry. It is I I watched bits of this interrogation and she's just sitting there going, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. I didn't do like over and over and over and over and over again. She also keeps saying, what's going on, please? What's going on, please? I didn't do anything. What's going on, please? Just over and fucking over again, which I found hilarious because she knows exactly what's going on, please. She knows. She doesn't ask about Mike at all. Uh, But then police tell her, oh yeah, Mike's alive. Your husband's alive. He was never shot. He was never killed. And to this, she says, thank God. Mike was actually outside the room and now, now Dahlia can see him standing there, unharmed, perfectly fine, very much alive. And we know this because the TV show Cops was there to catch the entire thing. The entire thing. The show was in on the sting. 
When Dahlia sees Mike, she reminds me of a siren trying to lure fishermen to their death. She starts to plead with him to come here, please. Come here, please. Mike, come here, please. On repeat as she cries. Same with, I didn't do anything. Come here, please. And Mike tells her, no way. I'm, I'm not coming there. I, I am not here to rescue you, is essentially his, his attitude towards her. He's like, no, I'm not, no. What an absolutely wild day at the police station for everyone. Police had set up this entire situation. They had gone to Mike that morning after Dahlia had left for the gym. They knocked on his door. He opens the door to see police and cameras. He thinks, oh no, I'm being arrested or I'm being searched again or I've been set up. And he thinks he's about to get into some serious legal trouble. But police bluntly tell him, you have to come with us because your wife has hired someone to murder you today. Mike is shocked beyond all shock that he had no idea Dahlia was planning his hit. He takes a big breath. He steps back and he sits down. Literally, this news knocked him off his feet in surprise. He he couldn't believe what he was hearing. He needs he needs a minute. Mike, who remember is still recovering from liposuction, well, police are there saying this to him, then has to go to the police station or or police. They hide him away and they then get to work staging this murder scene. Once that is all staged, that's when they called Dahlia at the gym and they told her she needs to come back to her house. And that's where police are. And even the television show Cops is there. Absolutely wild situation. That entire situation where they faked the scene and got Dahlia to come home and told her Mike was was killed, it was immediately posted online by the police. So when Dahlia was being questioned by police, she had no idea that video went viral in 12 minutes. By the time Dahlia was cuffed and leaving the police station, the media had swarmed all over this story. When Dahlia walked out in cuffs, the media was waiting. They couldn't refuse this story. And Dahlia, she just screamed her innocence the entire time. I didn't do anything. I didn't set up anything. I didn't do anything. She shouted it over and over and over again. It's almost like I didn't do anything was almost the only words in her vocabulary. This case blew up in less than a half hour. It blew up. I saw a clip of Nancy Grace talking about the video. (laughs) Nancy Grace was just roasting Dahlia's performance. It was actually really funny. But how did police know Dahlia was looking for someone to murder Mike? How did Dahlia and this undercover cop end up meeting and exchanging money for the murder plot? For this, we need to backtrack to around two months earlier. On July 31st, 2009, a 32-year-old man named Mohammed Shihada goes into a police station and he says, hey guys, FYI, a woman is trying to have her husband murdered. I know this because I'm the one she asked today. At first, police can't tell if this guy is lying or what, so they ask him a lot of questions and they tell him to tell them everything he knows, such as how he knows this woman, why she wants her husband dead, what's her last name, 
Where does she live? What was their relationship like? All that stuff. Muhammad, he doesn't know her last name. He doesn't know where she lives. But everything else must have been so convincing because they believe him and they tell him to set up a meeting with this woman to talk about the murder so they can record everything. Muhammad, who is not only a convenience store owner, but also an inspiring actor, says, hell yes, let's do it. He's confident he can act his way through this. Muhammad also tells police that Dahlia told him she had recently tried to poison Mike. Remember that horrible tasting iced tea Mike said he spit out and then was sick for days? Well, according to Muhammad, Dahlia told him that she put antifreeze in it, which of course is very, very deadly. If you've listened to, you know, if you've been listening to true crime for a while, you've definitely come across a ethylene glycol poisoning, which is antifreeze. I know I sure have read a few cases like that. And here's what I'm thinking happened. If it even did happen, as this was not proven, so I have to say, you know, if this did happen. If this did happen, antifreeze, it used to be sweet tasting, but people's pets and even children were reported to have consumed it, thinking it it wasn't poison and got very sick. And I I think there were even um, cases of, of death from consuming antifreeze accidentally. I also know of a few cases involving wives murdering their husbands by putting antifreeze in things such as sweet tea. Because of this, a bitter agent was then required by law to be added to to antifreeze by the manufacturer. So as soon as someone tasted it, as soon as it touched their tongue, uh, they would be able to tell that it was poison. Now, whether or not the alleged antifreeze used had this bitter agent or whether or not this law was in effect at this time, I'm unsure. So either it was and Mike tasted a horrible bitterness in his iced tea or this is what I'm thinking, either or that there was a large amount of antifreeze, like half the iced tea was antifreeze. And it was so incredibly sweet and chemically tasting that Mike spit it out. So I'm not sure if he tasted bitterness or if he tasted incredible sweetness. I'm not sure, but he knew this iced tea. He can even remember it. He's like, yeah, I didn't, it tasted horrible and I spit it out. He didn't give a description of what horrible meant in that situation, but he had a horrible tasting iced tea. He spit it out. He got sick for days. This Muhammad guy is now saying, yeah, Dahlia told me that she put antifreeze in his iced tea. Mm -hmm. Dahlia, of course, denies this accusation and it was never proven. So again, it was never proven. It was brought up in court, I believe, but it was never proven. So I just, I just have to say that. A little backstory about Muhammad and Dahlia is that he and Dahlia had met years earlier. She used to go into his convenience store and both shared a Middle Eastern heritage. The two had an immediate connection through that. They had slept with each other from time to time and police believe Dahlia was now using her sexuality to get him to murder her husband or to aid her in this crime she wanted to commit. Dahlia told Muhammad that Mike was abusive to her and she couldn't just leave him, she needed him dead. 
So the next day after Muhammad had gone to police with this information, around 4.30 in the afternoon, he meets with Dahlia again in his car at a gas station. But this time, he is recording the conversation. There is a hidden camera in the back of his car, and he is wearing a wire. I heard bits of this recording, and it is very, very clear. Muhammad tells Dahlia he knows a guy who she can pay to have Mike killed. And Dahlia, she's on board. She wants this done. Now police know for sure that Muhammad is, is telling the truth. They're okay. Wow. They, there is a woman out there who is looking for someone to murder her husband. Muhammad went to police in the first place because he felt like had Dahlia been successful in murdering Mike in whichever way that she was going to do it, he felt he could possibly be in trouble with the law because he knew what she was trying to do. He knew that she wanted him dead. So he felt the best move for him was to go to police and save this man's life, save Mike's life. And and you know what? Absolutely. Yep. He was absolutely correct. That was the best possible move because I don't think she was going to give up. And if police suspected her and they started following who she knows and all this stuff, I think eventually it would have got back to Muhammad and he could have been charged with something not not going not going to police I, I I don't know but I feel like he made the right move there Muhammad even tells police that when he declined to help her initially before he had gone to police she then tried to take his gun yeah and he had to stop her during this setup meeting with Dahlia uh, that's all being recorded Muhammad expresses his concerns that she's gonna look suspicious if Mike gets murdered And you know what she says to this? She says, nobody's going to be able to point a finger at me. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. That is, that is very confident for someone being recorded, ordering a hit on her husband by police. Police are already onto her at this point. And she's like, no one will even look at me. Dahlia even gives Muhammad $1,200 Uh, So this hitman can buy a gun and for other expenses and pictures of her husband. So the hitman knows who to murder. That's right. Money and photos were exchanged. Police, they have a, they got a pretty solid case by this point. Uh, But they want to take it a bit further. Police then move to the next phase of the plan, which is to put a police officer undercover as a hitman and record him and Dahlia closing the deal, finalizing these plans and really drive it home that, yeah, she she would have absolutely went through with this. This is what they wanted to prove. Two days later, Dahlia meets officer Witty Jean, but to her, he's a hired hitman. They meet in his car in a public parking lot. He's got hidden cameras recording and the entire conversation is caught on tape. Dahlia tells Witty she wants Mike dead this week. The hitman agrees. Then they talk about money. Witty tells Dahlia that the $1,200, that was just for the gun and he's going to need a lot more. Dahlia says, well, he's going to go to the bank on Friday to take money out for his business partner so can't you just kill him and rob him i know i know this is fucking crazy that this is how she wanted to pay for her husband's hit or give this hitman a bonus 
Uh, I'm not really sure. They must have ended up on a price, which I'm unsure of, uh, but the bank plan doesn't seem to fly with the fake hitman. I think he's even like, oh, that's a bit public. It's going to be hard for me to get away if I murder a man outside the bank. Dahlia did discuss with Mohammed, not the hitman, but with Mohammed in the first meeting about 20 after it's done. So whether or not that's $20,000 after it's done uh, or if that's the amount of money she thought Mike was taking out of the bank, I'm unsure. She told him, well, I brought you the 1200 and I will get you 20 when it's done. So that leads me to believe that she had at least said she would pay 20 grand for the hit plus the expenses for the gun and such. Okay, so I don't know. The, I, I'm not really 100% sure on how much she was offering to pay someone to to get rid of Mike. During this meeting uh, between her and the undercover cop, uh, Witty, who she believes is a hitman, she confirms that she wants it done. And he is really driving it home that once they have an agreement, once she gets out of his vehicle, there's no turning back. There's no canceling the hit and there will be no way that she will be able to cancel it if she has a change of heart or changes her mind. And he's asking her, are you sure? And she responds with, quote, I am 5,000% sure, unquote. She doesn't know it at the time, but this will forever be what she is most known for saying. She then goes on to say how she might look like a cute little girl, but she's not. And she is tougher than she looks. That's what she says to this hitman, aka undercover cop. Witty goes over the final plan. He tells her that she has to leave the house Friday morning to go to the gym. Once she leaves, he will come in and shoot Mike, quote unquote, two to the head. And then... When she comes home, she will find the body of her husband and he will make it look like a burglary gone wrong. To this, she says something so nonchalant. She says like, right, okay, yeah, that's, (laughs) this man's like, yeah, this is how we're going to set it up. I'm going to shoot him twice in the head. It's going to look like a burglary and bing, bang, boom, he'll be dead. And she's like, right, okay, just so heartless. This is probably why Dahlia took all her valuable jewelry with her to the gym that morning because, um, yeah, 80 grand worth of jewelry um, was found that she had taken it out of the house and brought it with her that morning. Just brings it to the gym with her in case this hitman decided to steal it after killing her husband because he said, I'm going to make this look like a burglary gone wrong. So she's probably thinking, oh, fuck, he's probably actually going to steal things of value and the things that she absolutely doesn't want taken is her $80,000 worth of jewelry who the fuck even has $80,000 worth of jewelry I mean if you do good on you like you were doing well but I just I couldn't even imagine once her and Witty have finalized the deal she then gets out of his car and she leaves she just walks away thinking she has just put a hit on her own husband and that Friday when she comes home she's gonna find him dead shot in the head and she's just like do 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 just walks away not a care in the world police then start planning how they are going to set it all up so that's how they knew Dahlia was 5,000% sure she wanted her husband dead that's how uh, that's how this 
came to police's attention. This is how they set it up. That's how the setup went. Now that Dahlia has been uh, caught and is in jail, who do you think she calls? I mean, she calls her mother, but then after her mother, who do you think she calls next? Well, I don't even think you're going to guess this because she calls Mike. Yeah, she's been arrested for soliciting his murder and she calls him. I didn't even think that would be allowed, but she did and he accepted the call because he he just, he ha- he was so curious. He's like, what could she possibly say? Is she going to apologize? What is she going to do? This phone call is absurd. And never in my life have I heard someone play such a psychological mind game. Dahlia, she is just, she is next level with this shit. She is next, she, she's dangerous. She is dangerous. She calls Mike and she says, Mike, it's me. Please come here. I didn't do anything. I need help. I need an attorney. Yeah, you heard me right. She calls the man she just tried to murder to help her get out of jail for soliciting his murder. I'm, is she Delulu or what? That I was like, are you serious? Mike basically says, I heard you on the camera. You hired someone to kill me. And to this, she says, no, I didn't. That's not true. I heard what you heard and I saw what you saw. It's not true. (laughs) He literally heard and saw her conspiring to kill him. The evidence couldn't be more clear or direct. And it's all recorded. Um, She knows how good the footage is. She knows how clear it is. And she knows everything that she said in it. She knows everything that she tried to do. And she's still saying that didn't happen. That's not true. This has got to be the most severe case of gaslighting I think I have ever heard. Mike says to Dahlia, how is it not true? And she says, how can you believe that? (laughs) How can you believe that? How can you believe that? That's what she says. I mean, I'm sure he's thinking, I saw it with my own eyes. I heard it with my own ears. I have so many police officers and detectives telling me that this is what you wanted to do. He might have even even spoken to the undercover cop who talked to Dahlia. I don't know. But, you know, he knows what he knows. And she's like, no, what you you know isn't true. It's not true. How can you believe this? What Mike does next, this just proves his good character. This guy, this guy. He's a stand-up guy. He doesn't say, I hope you rot in jail. He doesn't even tell her to fuck off. No, he says, I can't help you, but you need to basically not act like how you're acting right now in jail or you're going to have a hard time. I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but he he means he's talking about her crying and her lying and her carrying on and complaining. That's right. The man gives her advice to make her stay in jail safer for her. So he's still thinking about her well-being. Then she has the audacity to say, I love you. Don't do this to me. Wow. Don't do this to me. She's playing the victim here. Heavy, 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 heavy. She won't even admit that she did this to herself and that it's all her fault. She won't do it. She's saying, don't do this to me. She's blaming Mike, the victim in a crime she solely solicited. This was all her doing. The level of manipulation or delusion, I'm not really sure which one. It just, it's off the charts. It's mind boggling. I cannot comprehend how her brain functions, how she thinks that someone can see and hear her 
soliciting her murder and then and then say to that person, I didn't do that. That's not true. The evidence is all there. It's clear as day. Okay, now it's time to talk about the trial. Don't think things are about to wrap up quickly here. Oh no. Oh, oh, oh no. The prosecution, you would think they had a slam dunk case with all the video and audio evidence. But, you know, they didn't stop there. They wanted to add more to their pile of evidence. They discovered a man named Mike Stanley. I will call him Stanley as to not confuse him with Mike DiPolito. I don't want want to be saying two Mikes here. So I'm going to call him Stanley. Stanley was Dahlia's ex-boyfriend, but the two were very much in communication with each other. The prosecution, they find this guy, and I'm not sure if it was through what was found on Dahlia's phone. I'm going to say that that is how they got onto this. But the two not only exchanged extremely sexually charged text messages, very, very heavy stuff, but he was accused by the prosecution. So the prosecution was saying, hey, we have these text messages we found between Dahlia and Stanley, and the two are conspiring to plant drugs in Mike's car and then call the police with anonymous tips. While Dahlia was freshly married to Mike DiPolito, she was texting Stanley, saying she wanted to have lots of sex with him, basically. They were uh, very sexually charged uh, text messages. Uh, And an officer actually had to read the raunchy texts out in court. There's actually court footage of this officer reading these explicit text messages out loud. And one of them that he reads was sent from Dahlia's phone to Stanley's phone. And it reads, are you speechless? Do you want my hot, tight body all over you? (laughs) That's what this officer had to read out in court. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering if perhaps there was a graphic image sent before, before that, uh, text was sent. Honestly, I don't know how everyone wasn't laughing in court. Uh, People seem to keep their composure, which is very professional of them. The officer later says it wasn't his best moment on the stand. (laughs) Oh, man. Is that a story? He probably laughs about that to this day. They're probably like, hey, tell us about that time in court you had to read out those sexually explicit text messages to a room full of people and a judge and a jury. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) What a story. The text messages, they get way more incriminating though. I know that's a funny one, but there are incriminating ones. I wish I had a full transcript. I don't. But what I do have is a few more texts I read in a news article, such as um, July 23rd, 2009, uh, from Dahlia's phone to Stanley's phone, there was a message that was sent, a text message that said, let's put his lying ass back in jail. And then on July 27th, 2009, a couple days later, from Dahlia's phone to Stanley's phone, another text message is sent that says, the sooner he gets jammed up, the sooner we can be in Paradise Island, baby. It was clear that Dahlia wanted Mike's money and home, and she was scheming with Stanley about how to make it happen and then live her life with him. I even read some texts about her wanting to have his baby and that they would get a full-time nanny so they could both still party and have fun. 
Basically, Dahlia, or her phone anyways, was telling Stanley, let's get rid of Mike, uh, then we can we can have everything. But something tells me Dahlia was just using this guy as well because it was after these failed drug planting attempts that the prosecution say that she sought out help from Muhammad. And that's when the murder for hire plan came about. So maybe she was like, hey, the cops aren't buying this drug plant thing. Maybe Stanley is no use to her anymore. And she reaches out to Muhammad and she's like, hey, I want to kill my abusive husband. Now, there was never any evidence that Mike was abusive. And given Dahlia's track record, I would say that's a lie. So then um, the prosecution, they bring in the video evidence of Dahlia meeting with Muhammad about a murder for hire and also the video and audio evidence of her meeting the undercover cop posing as a hitman, clearly stating she is 5,000% sure she wants to pay this man to murder her husband, Mike DiPolito and I think that I think if you were to watch the undercover footage of Dahlia and Muhammad's meeting and the undercover footage of Dahlia meeting the undercover cop she thought was a hitman I reckon you'd be sitting there for about two hours watching this footage I think there was a, a lot of footage a lot of footage of her um, talking to people about this and organizing this so what do you think her defense is Is she going to plead battered woman? Is she going to plead, you know, what's happening here? What what do you think her defense is going to be? Well, to make this even more of a media sensation, I guess, her lawyer says, embrace yourself because this gets crazy. Her lawyer says it was all for a reality TV show. It was a hoax to get famous. Um, If that were true, then why did she meet with a man who she thought was a hitman, who she didn't know, who she had never met before. Um, I mean, who wasn't in on this hoax and organized the hit she thought was real. I don't, you know, like, uh, I just, I don't, I don't get this defense. It seems very weak. Her defense is that Mike was in on it, Muhammad was in on it, and she was in on it. When Mike DiPolito gets put on the stand, he tells everyone, no. They're like, did you ever have any interest in in being in a reality TV show? He's like, no. They're like, did you ever talk to Dahlia about being in a reality TV show? He says, no. It's untrue, that you know? And in an interview I saw with Mike, he says something, and it was so funny. He's like, why would a 40-year-old ex-con try to be on a reality TV show? Like, who's going to watch that? And I was laughing so hard because it is. It's, it's a laughable defense. It is so far-fetched that this was their tactic. I mean, all they ha- all all the all the prosecution had to do was bring Mike on. Hey, you know anything about a reality TV show? He says no. Then they ask Muhammad. Hey Muhammad, do you know anything about a reality TV show? And he's like, no. Um, he's like, I believe Dahlia was serious about the murder for hire. I believe she was trying to kill her husband. They don't know anything about a reality TV show. But the defense is like, well, Mike, you just got liposuction and Muhammad, you're an inspiring actor. And we found these internet searches of somebody searching uh, on Mike's computer about reality TV or or something like that. And I I, I don't know, it just... 
it didn't seem like Mike or Muhammad were in on anything or even knew anything about this reality TV show, but I will give the defense credit. They they did die on that hill. They were really pushing for this defense. Luckily, the jury doesn't buy this and they find Dahlia guilty for soliciting first degree murder. And for this crime, she was then sentenced to 20 years in prison. Okay. Later, Mike tells news cameras that he is 5,000% happy <laughs> with the sentencing. He did maintain a good sense of humor through all of this, even when he was put on uh, on the stand in court when Dali's defense was grilling him. He manages to poke fun at the defense lawyer. He manages to make people laugh. He's He's just lovable, and he has this no-bullshit vibe about him. I mean, it was a really good idea to get him on the stand, I think, to so the so the jury could meet him and see him. I, I think that was really um, smart, uh, smart thing to do by the prosecution. But guess what? This, this, we're not done. We're not done talking about trials. Oh no. Dahlia's lawyer appeals and she gets it on the grounds that the jury that was chosen, uh, they weren't properly questioned about what media coverage they had seen about the case previously or what they had been aware of uh, about the case before being selected. Because remember that video that the police department put out on YouTube after Dahlia was arrested, that went viral. So there was a good chance that the people on the jury may have seen that. Dahlia is then released on house arrest and three years later, there is a trial hearing. Dahlia now has new lawyers and they do stick with the reality TV setup defense and so does Dahlia. She even goes as far to say in an interview that it would just be insane to not believe her. Um, would it though? Would that be insane? I don't, I don't think so. I'm not well versed with the court system, but Dahlia did lose this hearing, which meant the case was not dismissed, which meant uh, there would be a second trial. This trial starts and Dahlia's defense is now really pointing at police misconduct due to everything being filmed on the show Cops. This trial seemed to go a lot different from the first one as Mike, he doesn't take the stand at all. And there is little talk about the reality TV show defense. It seems to just be the the defense is mainly pointing their fingers at the police being like, this is misconduct. You did a shit job. Then during closing arguments, Dahlia's lawyer tells the jury, you don't want to separate a mother from her baby, do you? Uh, what? Excuse me? Everyone's looking at each other like, who's fucking baby? What are you talking about? Well, it's Dahlia's baby. While she was on house arrest, a man came to repair some kind of appliance in her home and she got pregnant by him and now had an infant son. The trial ended in a mistrial, the three guilties and three not guilties. And this made me wonder if the prosecution was like if all, if all of the evidence from the first trial was allowed in the second one, like were those text messages between Dahlia and her ex-boyfriend Stanley read was, did they hear from Muhammad? Did they hear about the iced tea? Did, you know, I, you know, I don't think Mike was put on the stand. So I don't think they heard from Mike. Did they see the audio and video evidence of, of her hiring the hitman? I just wondered what, like, what evidence from the first trial was allowed in the second one? Because I couldn't understand how anybody, three people, could say not guilty. So I, I'm not really sure what all went on in that second trial. But you know what? Let's just forget about it. Because regardless of that trial, there is a third trial. 
The jury is shown the video and audio evidence. Uh, the defense still argues misconduct and entrapment from the police. Uh, Mike, he does go on the stand this time like he did in the first one, not in the second one, but he goes back on the stand in the third one. Witnesses are questioned, and within 90 minutes, the jury finds Dahlia DiPolito guilty. Dahlia was then sentenced to 16 years in prison, in, and this was in 2017, eight years since her arrest. That's how long she was, you know, in and out of the, the courtroom. It, it was a long time. Nobody can say she didn't try her hardest, though. I mean, she tried very hard to stay out of jail, and it even looked like she might look like it might even work for a minute, but it didn't. Dahlia, so her, she could be released in 2032 if she doesn't get out before, but if she doesn't get out before and she's released in 2032, she'll be coming out of prison as a 49-year-old woman when she's finally free. In 2020, Dahlia's lawyers did try to appeal again, but the U.S. Supreme Court said, nah, we don't want to hear it, and, and, you know, that appeal was declined. As for Mike DiPolito, he did get his house back when he divorced Dahlia in 2011, but he never saw that 100 grand he gave Dahlia that she said, you know, let's combine our money and we'll pay off your restitution and then you'll be off probation, that money. Um, Dahlia claims she didn't steal that money. She said that Mike was trying to hide that money, but Mike is convinced she stole it. However, Mike did end up paying the restitution he owed for the stock fraud crime. It was almost $200,000. He paid it off. He met a beautiful, petite, dark-haired woman. He definitely has a type. And last I heard, he was happily married to her. So Mike gets to live happily ever after. That concludes this week's episode. We don't get many happy endings here, but this definitely is one. You can find Hell No on TikTok and Instagram at hellno underscore a true crime podcast. And if you're listening on Spotify or Apple podcast, please rate the pod five stars. I would really appreciate it. Thanks for listening and see you next week. Mm-hmm.